Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. In for Payne and Pendergast, Sean Bajani and John McLean in. John McLean presented by Horn Solutions. If you'd like to be involved in the show, you can hit us up. 713-572-4610. 572-4610. Call or text the trailer wheel and frame text line. So the race for the number one overall pick and former fan favorite, and a Houston reunion. We'll talk a little bit about those this segment. Let's hit the uh, Texans, though. We got a, a number of texts in all morning long, but really just an influx of them here in the last five or ten minutes. Well, fire away, Sean. So, uh, John, glad you mentioned Gary Kubiak. You see Gary coming back as an OC. I'd love to see <laughs> Gary team up with D'Amico Ryans in Houston. Any chances? Asks one texter. Wouldn't that be a? Wouldn't that be something? When D'Amico is a head coach, which should be. After the season, he's been a he's been a coordinator two years. He is going to need a strong presence on the offensive side, preferably somebody who has been a head coach. It won't surprise me if D'Amico doesn't reach out to Gary to see if he's interested in that. And I would think that would, and I don't think Gary will do it. I think he's done with coaching. And uh, but man, he would that would be a great way. To have a former head coach who you know very well, D'Amico came here same same year as Gary, and uh, even though D'Amico would be the boss, he wouldn't expect Gary to be his assistant. He'd yeah. be like co-head coach but not in title. Yeah. But he could bounce everything off of him. He could turn the offense over to him. I think that would be great. But I don't think it'll. No, happen. it's not going to happen. There's no way. But you know, it's just it wouldn't like a- surprise me if D'Amico. Didn't reach out to Kubiak and say, Coobs, Coobs, well, let me run something by you. You know, you brought something up earlier, and we'll get to the number one thing here in, in just a second. But in, in relation to, like, all right, Lovey Smith, you know, we, we don't know his status right now. And I, I still think he's gone after the season. I, 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 I kind of think he's been dead man walking all year long. That's just kind of what I believe. Um, you're right. You don't normally see a team go 
defensive-minded coach, defensive coordinator with another defensive-minded coach as a head coach. Does that, I mean, you can't just automatically erase a guy like D'Amico Ryans because of the tree that really he's come from in San Francisco, the Shanahan connection. If he's able to find a guy, you know, that, that can run, you know, that offense and bring him here to develop a, a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud, I mean, that could be a thing. You can't cross him off the board just because he's a defensive guy. No, of course not. And every every guy who wants to be head coach has in his laptop a list at every position of multiple lists. And when they get hired, you cross them off. And when he does an interview and they say, okay, in say D'Amico's case, mm-hmm. who's going to be your offensive coordinator and your play caller? Do you want him to be an assistant head coach? And I don't think this would be the case, but D'Amico might say, you know what? I love Gary Kubiak. I want to make a run at Gary Kubiak. And if Gary says no, then I've got this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And some people think if you're going to draft a quarterback high, you need you need an offensive coach. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Josh Allen's doing okay with a defensive coach. Uh, Geno Smith's doing okay with a defensive coach. Brady did okay with a defensive coach. You need to just make sure you have a good offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. And then people say, well, people are going to hire the offensive coordinator if you do well. Good. That means yeah. you're doing well. Yeah, hire the guy. Sometimes, sometimes not. You know, Eric Bieniemy. Like, there are certain guys, and I don't know if this is the case. Because, I don't think Eric Bieniemy is ever going to get a job. Well, but, you know, like, he's interviewed for head coaching jobs, eight, right? Eight or nine. And, but... And everybody's different. When you're in a situation like he is in Kansas City with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid's not going anywhere, and maybe that's something that he's being groomed for, I don't know, to take over after Andy leaves. I don't know. But sometimes a good situation's a good situation as an offensive coordinator versus being a head coach somewhere else. When you've got that guy to call plays for for the foreseeable future, I wouldn't want to go anywhere else. Uh, he wants, But he wants to be a head coach, and he knows – his window's probably closed. He can stay with Andy Reid as long as he wants and be a Super Bowl contender every year, make extra money from the playoffs. But the fact is, the enemy wants to be a head coach. A lot of guys are okay not being head coaches, especially position coaches, but then there's a lot of them who do. Once you reach a coordinator, you know, you're so close and you want to do everything you can to maximize your chances. And um, and there's like uh, the quarterback coach there, Mike Kafka, former backup quarterback. He was hired by Brian Dable mm-hmm. when Dable went to the to the Giants. So networking helps you find those guys, listening to people you trust, watching the tape, talking to people about how they coach. There are good candidates out there for every position. And if I'm a new coach, if I'm going to be a head coach, the first guy I'm calling as offensive line coach is Mike Munchak. Mike Munchak is one of the greatest offensive line coaches in history. And uh, Nathaniel Hackett didn't want to bring him back to Denver because he had some friend from Green Bay who wanted to be the offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. And I think he just got fired. So Mike took the year off to get a couple of replacements, knees or hips, and he'll be ready to go. Bill O'Brien's first hire, he tried to hire Munchak in 2014. And Mike went to Pittsburgh because he and Marcy are from eastern Pennsylvania and they want to be close to their families. And so he's a free agent. And he is might be as 
is value, more valuable than any free agent who's going to be on the market. And uh, I hope D'Amico, when uh, and he's never worked with him, but I know D'Amico will want to hire a great staff. And you got to hire an offensive line coach. Yeah. Look here, look at all the changes and the lack of continuity and stability here. If you get a good line coach that you can trust, boy, that is so crucial to what happens to an offense. He's John McClain, Sean Bajani, in for Payne and Pendergast. Uh, you know, in regards to the Texans and whether or not they're going to be able to hold on to the number one overall pick, obviously a lot riding on this Week 17 uh, contest and uh, what the Bears do, what they can do, obviously, against the uh, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Colts in regards to the Texans. Text message says, it's a real possibility the Texans draft fifth rather than first. Indy, Denver, Arizona, Chicago will all lose out. We could win both games versus Jacksonville and Indy. You know, these are some of the scenarios, just one of, you know, a multitude of scenarios in regards to the AFC playoff picture. Um, not playoff picture, but, you know, jockeying for number one overall. If the Texans don't get the number one overall pick, if they're two, what does that do to the franchise in terms of their planning going forward in regards to Lovey status, the staff, who they're going to take? Can they move up? What's it going to cost? How do you foresee a scenario like that playing out? How aggressive can you, you be? You hope if that you're... somebody else that makes a trade with Chicago does it to get C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, and you <laughs> still have a shot at Bryce Young, if indeed Bryce Young's who you want. You know, if Nick Serio wants Will Levis, he's got to go with Will Levis. If he yeah. believes in the Kentucky quarterback, he's got to take him. You don't take a player because the fans and the media want him, and you don't take a player in most cases because the owner wants him. Cal McNairn goes, well, you know, I went to UT. I want you to draft Bryce Young. Well, he did go to UT, and he might want him to draft Bryce Young, but he's not going to do that because that's not the way they operate. They're going to leave it up to Casario. Because that's why they're paying him five million a year on a six million six year contract. And um, if indeed you want to make the trade, other teams are going to be trying. And then you got to give up picks. Now they're going to have a lot of picks. You know, John Mechie's going to be like an extra two next year because he's going to come back, and he was a second round choice. And I expect him. I don't know how much he'll do as a rookie, but he was very highly rated when yeah. they drafted him. And based on how these other players are doing, I think that bodes well for John Mechie to be a good receiver in time. But, um, you know, they'd, they'd love to use Jalen Carter. They'd love to get Will Anderson as an outside rusher. They could use both of those players. Neither one's going to be available when the Browns pick. Although, what's the best the Browns pick can be? Seven, it's ten now. They're in a tie. If it were seven, they're still they're still going to get a really good player with mm-hmm. that pick, but and maybe this ain't going to happen. But you know, what if uh, uh, they are a head coach and he says, you know, I've watched a lot of tape on Davis Mills. I'd like to coach him for a year, and let's take one of these other guys. And I don't know that that would happen. You got to know you got to know that thought before you even you, hire. Yes, a guy. you got to know that when you're when you're doing the interview process. And it's it's really what does Casario think? And he works well with Lovey Smith. He worked well with David Cully. Both of those guys said they met with him daily. You know, he's not the kind if they say, 
I want this guy. And he says, no, I don't. I'm not going to get him. Now, he may say I'm not going to get him because it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. But as far as not wanting a player the coach wants, that's that's generally not going to happen. Scott Pioli told me one year before a Super Bowl when he the Patriots had just gotten great, he said, if I like a player and Bill doesn't, I'm stupid to press him to take the guy. And if he likes somebody and I don't, I'm stupid to insist that we don't take it because he's the coach. He's a great personnel evaluator. I trust his opinion, and it would be bad for our organization mm-hmm. to me do things that Bill didn't want to do. And that worked out quite well. Text message, 713-572-4610. Lovey deserves another year. I think he was saddled with the team that he got. It wasn't the best team, particularly offensively. Would love to see what he could do with the quality draft picks and a quality team. Lovey, thank you. I'm sure, I'm sure he does. I, I can't recall. Maybe you, maybe you can, at least something in recent memory. A coach in a situation like this with a team that's rebuilding – Stick around and develop that quarterback. Have, you know, hire an offensive coordinator, a new staff. Like, maybe you can't compare this situation because it's so convoluted, so complex, so different, I feel like, than any other one that we can think of in recent memory. But that doesn't seem like it's an all too often, you know, uh, thing that happens where a lame duck coach, so to speak, somebody that doesn't seem like that's long for a job, is able to get his players rallied around the last month, hang around when you have such a pivotal decision to make as an organization with potentially a number one or even a number two overall draft choice. The thing working in Lovey's favor is these guys have been playing hard and they're playing as well as they can play. You know, when they played Dallas and they played Kansas City, they played as well as they could. And there was a stretch where they were an abomination and they were getting humiliated. Guys are getting steamrolled and everybody was going to be fired And I don't know if you can base it just on the end of the season, but um, you don't make decisions based on the crowds. But if you look at the crowd, think how embarrassed the McNairs are to be sitting in their suite and see more fans from the Chiefs than you see uh, from from the Texans. And you understand it, but you don't like it. You want that stadium to be filled with Texans fans and sometimes you have to, it doesn't matter which new coach you hire, but you know you have to make changes. You are trying to sell suites and sponsorships and club seats. And right now, the guy I feel the sorriest for is Greg Grissom, the president who oversees that side of the organization. And you know Greg, without saying so, is hoping to get a quarterback because nothing gets people fired up and a guy you think can be a franchise quarterback. Sure, the quarterback and then a head coach. And a new and a head coach and new quarterback gets people, gives them hope. Could Lovey do it? Could Lovey stick around? Like, can you foresee that happening? Like, can Lovey stick around? You hired an entirely new offensive staff with Bryce Young as your quarterback. Is that is that a scenario that it's you can be envision? Hard to get a whole new offensive staff that's good if they think, well, if we're rebuilding – and if we only win four or five games next year, uh, they're going to fire him. And then we're going to have, then I'm going to be looking for a job. I think that's going to be an issue. They have some difficult decisions to make because Sario has got to say, this is what I believe. I believe we should fire Lovey and hire another coach, or I believe we should keep Lovey, 
make him hire a defensive coordinator outside the organization, hire a new offensive. Maybe I'd keep George Warhop and, of course, Frank Ross. I'd keep Frank Ross. And I might keep some of the position coaches because Serial knows this better than anybody, and they may decide to go that route. The McNairs are not going to tell him what to do. They just don't do that. What's the progression from a special teams coach? A lot of people think, you know, Frank Ross has the chops to become a head coach. What's what's the progression like? Like, I, I always feel like that's kind of a throwaway. Like, yeah, you know, I'd want to keep Frank Ross, but he's not going to be a special teams guy forever if he wants to be a head coach. What's that natural progression? There's not many special teams coaches become head coaches. John Harbaugh. And when Harbaugh was with Andy Reid in Philadelphia, this was before the the coordinators were required to talk to the media once a week. He would bring in Harbaugh to talk to the media once a week because he wanted them to see how sharp he was. He did everything he could to help him get attention and get interviews, and it turned out uh, Harbaugh owes Andy Reid a whole lot because he's turned out to be a tremendous coach. And... Um, and so now the rules are where Frank Ross comes out every week and talks, but you're not going to go from the worst team in the league to being a head coach. So he'd have to be here for the renaissance yeah. and then get good again. And then hopefully he could uh, get an interview. All right. So let's get to this. Uh, you mentioned this to me earlier and whether or not a former fan favorite, really, a dream, really a fan favorite. Now it's never stopped. <laughs> you know, there's an affinity for J.J. Watt, but free agent at the end of the year. Um, is is What's the possibility of there being a Houston reunion with J.J. Watt? Sean, I have no idea. I just brought that up to you because I'd like to see it. You know, he has to be released. He signed with the Cardinals. It was a two-year deal. And I would imagine, and he's played very well, yeah. that he's going to want to play somewhere with a team that gives him a chance to go to the Super Bowl. We thought he was nuts to sign with the Cardinals. Then they started 10-2 and two last season. And we're like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Watt's pretty smart. And now they've been terrible since, had a lot of injuries. and uh, But I think no matter who's coaching here, I would love to see him come back. He's, he's a year younger than Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. Yeah. And uh, I just think not only can J.J. still play, he's a very positive influence. I started watching the end season – Hard Knocks on HBO because I wanted to watch him and DeAndre Hopkins. And one of the things they run a lot of is Watt talking to other players, receivers, offensive linemen, not just defensive linemen and linebackers. And and who wouldn't want a guy like that on their team? You know, you mentioned Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes probably could have gone a lot of other places, John, I'm guessing, because he's a good team guy, still had some juice left in the tank. You could say the same thing about him before he'd sign with the Texans. Sure, he'd want to go somewhere else. Coming from Buffalo in that situation the last couple of years with Addison up there, want to go somewhere else and contend, but he came here. He wanted to move back to his hometown, play here. J.J. Watt, if he'd want to go play in a Super Bowl, right? Or would he choose coming back to Houston, a place that he'd spent you know nearly a decade in, to try and get this team to the next phase? I think a lot of that. And Jerry Hughes wanted to come home, plus he got a two-year contract. Yeah. Now, Ogbo yeah. Okoronkwo, he got a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. That's somebody that starts to play really well. Yep. They put him in the starting lineup. Like him. And he's playing for money. And they're going to have money. They're going to try to re-sign some of their guys who deserve it. 
and I think Ogbo would be a guy that they'd want to re-sign. As far as Watt, it would depend on, uh, you know, how much money he wanted, how long of the contract, be a one-year deal, two-year deal. Based on the way he's played and he stayed healthy, this is most sacks he's had since 2018 when he had 16. Uh, I, you, I, I just check. And you know, what does it hurt to ask? And never like like D'Amico when he becomes a head coach. It doesn't hurt to ask, call Kubiak up and say, Koobs, hey, let me run something by you. All he can do is say no. And I think also if White were to come back here, a lot of it depend on, you know, who the coach was, what the situation yeah, is. Sure. And uh, but I think it would be a great move. I'd love it. Don't know if it's yeah. possible, but it's something they should check out. Yeah, I'd like to see Watt go play in a Super Bowl much sooner than later. You don't know how many years left he's got, how many healthy years he's got. This year's kind of been yeah, well, he certainly coming, been one. He of, ain't coming home if he's come at his age. If he's still Super Bowl, if if and I agree, I'd love to see him playing a Super Bowl. I'd like to see him in the week up doing interviews because he'd be great. Oh yeah. But you come back here, you're not going Super Bowl at his age. Yeah, he would dominate. Whoever his quarterback would be would be number one, coach two, and then probably him three. He's John McClain, Sean Bajani at Sports Radio 610. Coming up next, uh, go for it or punt. We'll let John McClain hand out some of the uh, NFL awards for the year. Uh, That's next. It's Sports Radio 610. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. 
Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.